Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Recording in progress. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year, all 365 days per year, or 366 days per leap year. I'm Anthony. I am Julia. I am bored by that intro already. <laughs> I'm Kendall. <laughs> Kendall's here. Kendall, Kendall. welcome back. Thanks. This is the first time you're on our main show, isn't it? It is. I'm so excited. When we started recording, I got like like butterflies. I don't know why. It's just because I've been talking to you guys for a couple minutes, but I just got like really excited. Oh. I mean, <laughs> Anthony and I have that effect on people. Although usually, <laughs> usually the butterflies lead to vomiting shortly thereafter. Gosh. <laughs> it's funny because it's kind of true. It is 100% <laughs> true. So for our listeners who may not have heard you before, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> what do you even say about yourself when you're asked this question well be very, um, be very, podcast to plug yes you, I, well, okay you got to go back and be more dickensian than that i am born i grow up no i mean it was i have the best a hard of time times. keeping things short and sweet so i could i could give you the novel but i won't oh you'll get um, along very well with the three of us yeah <laughs> so my name's kindle and i live in nashville with my husband and my dog who i talk about my husband all the time because he watches all the things with me and he also has like a big personality and a, a big opinion of things as well. Um, I'm a nanny and I think that's a pretty cool job, but I also have a podcast. It is a twilight podcast. My friends and I are rereading the series as adults and um, that's been a journey. It's super fun. <laughs> They're my two best friends and it's called for fork's sake. It's I don't know. It's a, it's a hot mess, but if you like Tom, you wouldn't like it. It's very vulgar. So <laughs> no bathing yes, in her virginity. I, I'm going to sit over here and bathe in my virginity. Yes. <laughs> so basically if y'all like my uncensored rants on Patreon, that podcast oh, yeah. would be for you. That's awesome. Thanks. I am team Jacob. Oh yeah. Us too. We, oh, well then in that case, uh, I'm team Edward now. Mm. <laughs> i just like to be contrarian i haven't so i haven't read twilight but uh i used to run uh the tulsa market for a bank and a couple of the people were reading twilight and so i feel like i i know everything that happens in all the books because they yeah. talked about it ad nauseum it's not it's not complex um how do people come but, out on on the side of edward edward's a terrible character 
Oh my gosh. So we, the three of us read it when we were in our early twenties, late teens, and we're all in our thirties now. So we're reading it now as adults and we're reading Midnight Sun, which is Twilight, but written in Edward's perspective. And it's awful. She He's wrote him as a, a serial killer. He's is it, is it Stephanie Meyer's book as well? Did she write yeah. it? It's not yeah. fanfic? No. Okay. Also, the size of this book is like the size of like the first three books combined. So you think, oh, she's going to tell the whole series from his point yep. of view. But nope. But it's, I thought it's, I had it's it just the first one. Next to me. But yeah, it is. It's like 300, 500 something pages more. It's wow. ridiculous. It's You're disgusting. actually reading the whole thing. Yeah, we read it chapter by chapter. We're reading Twilight and Midnight Sun at the same time and discussing. Wow. Because I've read some <laughs> Stephanie Myers, literary genius. She is not. No, <laughs> she's a terrible writer, and that's what we talk about. Um, it, we pick apart every little thing, every character flaw, every plot hole. There's a huge plot hole about a specific character that we just almost like we can't discuss it anymore because we just go down the rabbit hole every episode. But which character? Um, the human vampire hybrid baby, Renesme. Mm. Oh, the creepy CGI creation. About himself. how she could possibly procreate with a vampire or how he can procreate. The logistics don't make sense. I, a lot in those books don't make sense. Although that is like a perfect like idea for like a Harry Potter podcast reread. So like, mm-hmm. that yeah. could be a good spinoff. Yeah. Uh, oh, when you're ready to do that. We have a lot to get through. <laughs> Yeah, when you're ready to do that, I'm game for another podcast. Just so you or know. Anthony and I can just steal your idea. <laughs> now, you Anthony go. and I are going to do a Halloween podcast before he does that. I've already claimed it. Uh, I mean, so- Ken- Kendall has done a bunch of Halloween content for our Patreon for this year. So listeners will hear yeah. her a lot. I did want to bring up an interesting comment we got on Facebook from a listener that a lot of listeners yeah. jumped up on. And it was from Danielle Estery. Yeah. And she wrote, I know it's a Christmas podcast, but I sort of wish the elves would cover all Halloween stuff the month of October. One, mm-hmm. there's too much good Halloween content and the elves don't have time to make special episodes for all of it on Patreon. Two, a lot of the shows that the elves have previously covered and loved have really good Halloween episodes, such as Friends, The Office, Modern Family, Home Improvement, The Simpsons. Also, mm-hmm. movies like Halloween Town. Three, we all want this podcast to continue on for more years to come... So padding out some of the year with Halloween content would help make the Christmas content last. For mm-hmm. a lot of people who are Christmas obsessed are also super into Halloween. So I think there's a built-in audience. I know y'all have to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year, but I still want to hear the elves take on some of those Halloween episodes. Yeah. I will I will agree with Love one it. caveat, and that is that we have to cover Halloween Town this year. I'm all for that. I think yeah. that's a good idea. Listeners seem to think that's a good idea. Yeah, and I can dig it. And it would give us a, you know, especially moving into year five next year, like where you're really (laughs) scraping the barrel can at least have some really good Halloween content for uh, the next few years. (laughs) I'm in full support of this. Yeah, I love that idea. I commented and said, I love that idea. I'm game, y'all. I'm game. So Danielle, awesome suggestion. So listeners looking forward to October. We should definitely do Halloween Town and Garfield this year. Garfield. Oh, it's yeah. a good one. So Halloween aside, Kendall, since you haven't been on the main show yet. Yeah. What is your favorite? Well, 
where did you get your love for Christmas and what is your favorite Christmas movie? Let the listeners oh, know. My love for Christmas. I don't know. I think I'm still growing into my love for Christmas. Like I find more joy every year. My parents weren't always really huge on Christmas. We always decorated the house and the tree and all that. And we had Christmas Eve and Christmas Day family gatherings, but nothing crazy. And as I've gotten older, I enjoy all the little things like the stockings and Advent and all that stuff. And honestly, I get a lot of it from like media, like movies and music. Of course, I have so many Christmas playlists, but this sounds like I'm lying, but you guys have actually really inspired a lot of my Christmas spirit because I started listening to y'all 2019. And, um, that was like a particularly difficult Christmas season for me, but like listening and getting excited about the movies and all the stuff that you guys talked about made me more into it. And my husband's kind of a Scrooge. So he, uh, he doesn't love it quite as much as I do. So I'm slowly trying to get him into it. Is there anything and we can do to help? Do we need an intervention? I don't know. He's pretty <laughs> stubborn. Well, for one thing, he says his favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. So nothing wrong with that because it's a Christmas movie. Just, Jerry. Tell, just tell him he's being just tell him you don't have to be cliche. Like, it's OK. Oh. It's OK. Everybody who doesn't <laughs> want to everybody who doesn't want to love Christmas says Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie. Right. But deep down, I think that's hiding True. the little boy who loves Christmas. True. He'll get there eventually. I'm pretty extra like when that, it comes to holidays. So I like that can do attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so what's your favorite Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie, okay, I it's technically Love Actually. However, it's not super Christmassy. So I also claim up at Christmas Carol as my favorite. Because Love Actually, I watch all year round. That's fair. <laughs> I dig it. I know Julia's very proud of you right now. Yeah. I am mad proud. <laughs> I claim it of course, as my I can favorite watch Christmas, Christmas movie Christmas Carol all year long. Yeah, it's just, it makes me happy when I'm sad. And the only reason it's technically my favorite Christmas movie is because it is set at Christmas. Mm -hmm. But like, I can't put anything over that. I, I know Julia's super excited for the uh, restored version being released this year, right? With the cut out bell song. Oh, I'm super in. excited about that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about <laughs> that. I didn't even know that was, yeah, I didn't know that was coming. Uh, I'm not going to call you a liar because Julia doesn't lie. I'm going to call you forgetful because you did know I that am was forgetful. coming. Because oh, Mike, I... West, Mike Westfall oh, posted it and you were like, this is sad. I hated that song. <laughs> I did know that was coming. I forgot. <laughs> forgetful. Have y'all started buying Christmas ornaments or decorations this year yet, y'all? I put I've in my wish gifts. list. Yeah, I've Hallmark. gotten gifts, not decorations. My wish list at Hallmark is in for ornaments, the first batch of ornaments, and uh, I got to pick those up Friday. And That's so exciting. My bank account is already crying because <laughs> way too many on my wish list this year. <laughs> and yes, I did start Christmas shopping. I got you and Julia done already, Tom. Gummit. That's awesome. Maybe we should do. Maybe instead of doing it at Christmas, we should get we should exchange gifts at Halloween. Part of our to keep something Christmassy in our Halloween month. We should we send should each other like absolutely do that candy baskets, like can oh, like candy goodies. That. That's a good idea. That's a cute idea, right? Oh. We my friends and I used to do a sock exchange where we would 
um, kind of like a secret Santa, we would draw names and um, pick out a pair of socks that, you know, kind of familiar with the person and fill it with stuff, usually candy or other little things. One time my mom was in the exchange and she actually got me. And so everything in it was perfect. <laughs> hey, since we're going all in on Halloween, let's do a Halloween candy exchange or something. We can give all of our listeners diabetes. That's a good idea. I like that. I think people would really be excited for that. Uh, listeners, if you're listening, whoever gets me, I prefer the full size. Goldfish candy and M&Ms. Oh, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm going to rig the system and get Anthony and only get him bite-sized everything and all off-brand. <laughs> Galaxy Way candy bars. Not even the good off-brand. Like, off-brand <laughs> Milky Way. Way. <laughs> <laughs> no, the candy that nobody wants. But, but Kendall, your sock exchange. So when I lived in England, me and my friends used to do Secret Santa like that. But what we did was we all had a, the same price limit and everyone had to get each other a pair of socks, a book, a movie, um, some other article of clothing and an ornament. And like, so you like, that. personalize it for like, you That's know, fun. person. Yeah. That's, That's cool. cute. We, my friends and I, there's seven of us. And, um, for each birthday we've done this, this is the third year. Well, um, the first year we did t-shirts or this is the second year. So the first year we did t-shirts. So everyone just picked a t-shirt and blindly gave it to the person. And they had a guess like who did what. And this year we each have different items. So it's like jewelry, home decor, underwear, socks, shirt, I think, and something else. You have seven friends. That's nine more than Anthony has. That's 100% accurate. Tom says that like it's an insult. He's just stating a fact. But I love that. I love, I love giving, I just love giving gifts. You know what I love? I think I do know what you love. You love Schitt's Creek. That's right. Tonight, we are covering the Canadian television sitcom created by father and son, Eugene and Dan Levy. Schitt's Creek, which aired from 2015 to 2020. For those of y'all who've never seen Schitt's Creek and don't know its premise, the series follows the formerly wealthy Rose family's trials and tribulations. After the Rose's business manager embezzles the family company, Rose Video, the family loses its fortune and relocates to Schitt's Creek, a small town they once purchased as a joke because of the name. Now living in a motel, Johnny Rose and Moira Rose, along with their adult children, David and Alexis, must adjust to life without money and with each other. Okay, I have a question right off the bat. How involved is Sarah Levy in the in the production of this? Like, she's an ancillary character, doesn't do much. Is she just not Eugene's favorite child? Or like her name is on the credits for stuff. Well, she plays. She's Twyla. a small character. Yeah, Twilight. Oh, I thought she was the one who was at the at the counter when serving meatloaf. The old yes, meatloaf. that's his daughter. Yes. Oh, yeah, but is she, she looks like, nothing do we know like her involvement. Nothing like him. Nothing. No, like nothing. She, she has normal <laughs> eyebrows. That's what I was about to yeah, say. Yeah, eyebrows. eyebrows are yeah. 100% normal. Wow. I, I'll say this, though. The gray hair, sh- the gray combed hair suits Eugene Levy. He doesn't look as much of a mess in his older age. I he is never was a well. fan of him until this show. And what? yes, Julia, he, he is aging very well. Yes. You weren't a fan very of well. Eugene Levy? I've always loved Eugene Levy. No, I wasn't. 
I don't know. I don't know if I've ever really saw him anything I liked, but I don't know if I've seen him in too much before this. So I don't know. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So my history. Yeah. Um, I started watching this show. I want to say like 2016, 2017, maybe. Um, it was like right around the time that people started talking about it. And I guess only a couple seasons were on Netflix and my husband and I started watching it and we liked it enough not to like to keep going, but it wasn't something I was excited about. I didn't think about it every day. Like, oh, I can't wait to finish that episode, but it was okay. But it made me laugh out loud. So I kept watching it and then it just got better and better to the point where, I mean, my, my whole opinion of it changed. And we finished the last season at the beginning of lockdown last year. And that was really, it was kind of like bittersweet because I don't know, like the characters just change so much throughout the series. Julia, how about you? I am aware of this show, but I have never seen, until we watched for the podcast, the single solitary Christmas episode, I had never seen it. I did see David's except, what's his name in real life? David Dan uh, Dan Levy. Levy. Dan. Dan I saw Dan's acceptance speech (sighs) for Golden Globe. Yes. Or Emmy, they but all the cast or Emmy the word shows. Okay, one of those. They won the whole comedy. I saw the I was so happy for that. And then I saw dad's reaction to the acceptance speech. All behind stage, clapping and crying. Just like the most beautiful moment ever. And that made me want to watch it even more. So it's not definitely on my list after tonight, even more on my list. Um, so I'm excited. And I remember vaguely us talking about Schitt's Creek before and Anthony like loved it so much. And Tom was like, Oh my gosh, I hate that show. And then like weeks later, or maybe I have it flipped. One of y'all was like, I really hated it. And now I like freaking love it. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me what you said, Kendall, that it was like a slow simmer. And now it's just like, it was, but for some reason I didn't give up. I hated this show. I did not want to watch it, but all everybody I knew was talking about how amazing it was. And I'm like, okay, there's at some point something has to happen. And I don't know what it was, but something in my head flipped. And I'm like, oh, this is really funny. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what it is. What is weird about this, y'all, is this is our episode for this week. And randomly, Christine just started this the other day. We started it over like in the background while we were working on stuff. And I'm like, is there a reason you picked Shits Creek this week? like to start that this week and she's like no it's just something while we're because i'm i'm working on an article at work and she was working on some stuff on the website she's like it just seemed like it'd be funny in the background i'm like we're covering it this week she's like no way anyway um but once i was aware of the characters and i knew them and i had buy-in even going back and seeing the first episode now i still Mm. i i I now love the early episodes that i hated so much so i'm going to agree with both uh tom and kendall well first of all i love this show I was on the Schitt's Creek bandwagon before it really took off in America. Like um, I used to watch it on Amazon Prime. They loaded it before Netflix and I loved it. But I will agree the first season's a slow burn. I think it's because like a lot of shows with their first seasons, you know, they're getting their footing, expanding their like ancillary characters and trying to figure Mm -hmm. out who everyone is. And season one had a lot of Chris Elliott, who I hate as an actor. Oh, same. So like- as the show progressed and the you know supporting cast fleshed out and everyone mm-hmm. got more to do he kind of 
fell to the wayside a bit. And I think that Thank definitely goodness. helped and made it better. Yeah. Um, but season <laughs> but one, by season the one's end, not though, my favorite. By the end, he is a really good character for the show. Yes, uh, yes, he is. But I just don't like him as an actor. So I don't know. Either, so I can't stand him in anything. I don't remember that. Like on this uh, episode, I thought he was really funny where he's like, like just his, because what he does is because instead of having storylines revolving around him, he comes in with really good random one-liners or yeah, like, um, like, like, like when they get into the whole, like, I'd like, like, like the rushed invitation, you know, thing, you don't want to admit it, but he makes you laugh. I did not realize, remember how much I disliked him because I, I was never a fan of everybody loves Raymond, just not my vibe. Like, and so him being annoying on that just kind of went with the entire everybody loves Raymond thing. He's also just a gross character too. He just looks Something gross. About him is gross. Yeah. But we tried watching Cabin Boy as adults. I don't think I made it a full like past the six minute mark, and I was like, "This is insufferable." I don't know how this was ever a thing. Oh, it's like me with Adam Sandler movies. But anyway, he um. <laughs> after season one, this show I fell after after season one, I fell in love with this show. I yep. this show. I mean, I started watching it when I found out Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara were starring as a married couple because yes. they're like both the A, they're comedic royalty, but they're both like Canada's two best comedic actors. So the fact mm-hmm. that they got them both to star in a sitcom made me want to watch it. But to your point, Kendall, like by the end, like the characters grow so much and there's such growth and yeah, such a lovely show about, you know, hey, reconnecting hey. as a family. So yes. Baby. I love it. Uh, my favorite, my favorite stick from the whole show is like out of everything, the thing I love the most is more the way Moira pronounces things. Oh, I mean, she's fantastic. I think Moira is everyone's favorite. Which is the whole show, which is just Catherine O'Hara doing things like that wasn't like part mm-hmm. of the, the the whole like stick with her character. She just started doing weird stuff, right? Like, that's amazing. I think so. Yeah. I know a lot of it's improvised, right? Isn't most yeah. of it improvised? A lot of it is improvised. So I would, love, I would love to be a writer for a show that's improvised. That's a great <laughs> gig. <laughs> right? You just write a little outline and have the actors take it away. Yeah. But uh, let's run through the cast real quick. Eugene Levy plays Johnny Rose, the patriarch of the Rose family. I mean, he is probably best known for this show nowadays, but, you know, kids in the 90s, early 2000s would have known him as Jim's dad and American Pie. Yeah. He was <laughs> huge for that. Before that, he was in Best in Show. Yep. Yeah, he was in Spl- Splash, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish, which we haven't covered yet. Christmas Vacation. He was the car salesman, right? That wasn't Christmas was Vacation. Right? I mean, not Christmas, National Lampoon's National Vacation. Oh, yep. He sold was the station ed. wagon. Yeah, he yep. sold him the station wagon. <laughs> um, he did a movie with the Olsen twins, New York Minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That was my jam. Oh, I he, he recently he did the voice of Dory's father and Finding Dory. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, that's right. So yeah, Such a he, good movie. He's been in a bit. He he's always had bit parts, really, until yeah, his leading role on this. So, what was your favorite Eugene Levy? This, this Johnny this Rose excluded, right? Where oh. this excluded. Johnny Rose. Okay, this excluded. Oh. Dory's dad. Best in show. I love Best in Show. I like him in Father of the Bride. I liked him in American Pie. It's funny. All four of us had something different. Normally, two of us at least agree. 
Um, needing no introduction because we've covered her multiple times, Catherine O'Hara plays Moira Rose, the matriarch of the Rose family and the eccentric former star of the soap opera Sunrise Bay. We've covered her before, but Kendall, I want to know your favorite Catherine O'Hara. Oh, besides, I was just trying to figure that out. It's so difficult. Um, I guess I would have to go Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. <laughs> I think it's either Beetlejuice or Kevin's mom in Home Alone. I think yeah. I have to go Beetlejuice. But she, I mean, if I, if this was an option, it would absolutely be Moira Moira Rose. Like she's fantastic. I mean, Beetlejuice. She has such a great physical comedy, right? When they mm-hmm. possessed her and she did the mm-hmm. dance at the dinner. Yeah, table. she's such a <laughs> oh, she's such a terrible person in that too. But I just loved her. She's funny. Playing Johnny and Moira's son, David Rose, is Dan Levy, the pretentious, he who is very pretentious and has a hard time adjusting to small town life in Schitt's Creek. We covered him last year in Happiest Season. We did. So good. Do you have, do you know him from anything else, Kendall, besides this and Happiest Season? No, this was the first thing I ever saw him in. And I don't think I've seen him in anything else except for Happiest Season, which I adored. And I loved his part in that as well. Uh, can I just say, by the way, regarding Happiest Season, the biggest issue I have with streaming services, I love that they're putting out original content, but they don't release anything to own yourself. And as somebody who is a completionist and likes to own his movies and TV shows, that bothers me. Like, just release yeah. it. Wait a year if you have to, like, and then release it. But there are no plans. And that bothers me because I love Knives Out. But Netflix is putting out the Knives Out sequels, so I'll never get to own the sequels, probably. I didn't know that. Yep. I don't get that. I don't like clutter. I don't own it. Well, that's why I got rid of it all, but I like to own digital. Like, I don't like... The thing with streaming services is they can always take things down for a while and put it up as they please. If I own it, I can watch it whenever. By legal means. Playing Alexis Rose, the daughter of Johnny and Moira, is Annie Murphy. And Alexis struggles to find her calling both in life and in Schitt's Creek and eventually gets involved in a love triangle with two residents of the town. So Annie Murphy, this is what she's best known for, but she is actually, she just got a new show on AMC, which is supposedly very, very good, called Mm -hmm. Kevin Can himself but critics really love it and uh mm-hmm. that's just premiered i think last month so i haven't seen it yet but i think the real departure fantastic. from the character she plays here right is it, was that is the thing is i haven't seen it but from what i've heard from reviews is she was happy to do it because it's such a departure from everything she's done before oh. yeah um, well i think she's fantastic i had never seen her before and while we were watching the final season, they had like a round table at the end of each episode where they kind of discussed it. And the first time I saw her discuss, she was completely different. Like she looked different. Her mannerisms are different. Her voice is different. She's just completely different. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize like what a great actress she was. Cause she's so not at all that character and I ever since then I've just adored her when she won her Emmy I was I was excited for everyone but I was so excited that she got some credit that she deserved mm-hmm. she is an unsung hero in the show honestly she's brilliant the way she developed Alexis's character yes um it's all her like she she created this character all the iconic things about Alexis 
were done by her. She took the uh, the inspiration for her uh, for Alexis. She got it from watching the Kardashians, Lindsay Lohan, the Olsen twins, and Paris Hilton. And you know the weird hand thing she's always doing? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you all know why she does that? No. no. That's what the Kardashians do, everything they put on a handbag. And she thought it'd be funny to do just without the handbag. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. And when they were originally creating this, uh, when they were originally writing Alexis's character, Dan and Eugene had a backstory that she had a reality TV show, mm-hmm. uh, a reality series called A Little Bit Alexis. Well, I think she and Dan had to have been inspired by each other because they have some of the similar like ticks in their mm-hmm. characters, just the way they like will do this, like, you know, squint their eyes or whatever and um, <laughs> shake their head. And I, I don't know who came up with it first, but I, it's just crazy to me that they both do it. And I know that was just developed amongst like over the years. I thought that was really cool. One of my favorite characters on the show is Stevie, the clerk at the motel where the roses reside, and David's best friend. And she is played by Emily Hampshire. She has she played Angelina in Boy Meets Girl, Vivian in Snowcake, Jennifer in Twelve Monkeys, Misery in Ruby Gloom. And I'm pretty sure she was in a Hallmark movie or two recently, wasn't she? Or a Lifetime oh. movie, Christmas movie. But I loved her. I loved her with the wine in this episode. <laughs> okay, so this is this is um, backstory that Julia won't get. And I'm sorry for our listeners who don't. But you remember when they did Cabaret? Yes. Yes. And you remember how Stevie played Sally Bowles? Yes. So before this even started, like early on, she told Daniel Levy that if they ever do a musical, she wants it to be Cabaret, that... Uh, this was her dream that was her dream role like emily hampshire's dream role as a kid was to play uh, sally bowles she never thought they would write it in but they did because that's something she always wanted to do that's so cool that's so nice i love that and i think the only other person worth mentioning this episode who had a big part is noah reed as patrick brewer who is david's business partner at rose apothecary and boyfriend turned husband eventually so Noah Reed. So no Ted. We're not going to talk about Ted. I'm not there yet. You said the only one we need to mention. <laughs> that put a little finality before Ted, right? Noah Reed does a voice in Franklin, the TV series about the turtle. Oh uh, gosh! I actually saw him recently. Um, I was watching all of the Degrassi seasons recently, and it's also a Canadian show. And I saw him as a young, like a teenager. And I was like, who is this? Who is this person? He looks so familiar. And I had to look him up, but yeah, it was, it was him. And it was really random. Actually, Dan Levy was in an episode of Degrassi as well. What? Really? Yeah. Like 2009 or 10. Are you even Canadian if you haven't been in an episode of Degrassi? I agree. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. Tom playing Teddy, the town's veterinarian and Alexis's love interest, is Dustin Milligan. He was on the teen television series 90210, and now he plays in Schitt's Creek. You know how Ted is always doing these those awful puns? Yes. That is Dustin. Like, he brings, like, as a person, he is, he is known to be, make terrible puns. Like, <laughs> and that's why they wrote I mean, into his character. I love that. 
So yeah. one of the things I really thought was interesting about Schitt's Creek is, is the show focuses on this backwards southern hillbilly town, right? These, these The cast of characters here, none of them are um, people that would have ever found themselves associating with the Rose family. But if you notice, they, they stayed away from certain tropes that could have been so easy to write and build storylines around. Like David's sexuality never becomes an issue at all in the entire series, right? Like everybody in the town just accepts mm -hmm. him. So even though we're seeing these backwards, backwards yokels that, you know, typically society looks down on, we're writing them with a little more depth and they're still a lot more progressive as people. It's, it's kind of an interesting thing. They stayed clear a lot of a lot of the, uh, being southern adjacent despite the fact that people in our discord try to say that oklahoma is the south granted according to the 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 census bureau it may be listed as a southern state oklahoma was not in the uh, confederacy and the culture <laughs> is not southern i'm going to say that emphatically yet again um it is uh, oklahoma and texas are not southern states but being Southern adjacent with states like Arkansas next to us. Tell that to your elected officials who act like they're in charge of Southern states. Anyway, um, <laughs> they don't, they don't play up some of the, some of the tropes that you would expect them to have. People aren't dirty. There's no mm -hmm. real inbred joke. The things that you typically see when you feature a town like this. And I kind of respect that writing choice a lot. And we'll get yeah. to it at the end of this episode, but it's actually quite a diverse town. Lots of like black people and like, you have the Indian character and like that, like there's no like racial issues in the show either. Everyone, no, right. no sexuality, there. nothing. I mean, David's, David's sexuality, aside from the fact that they think he dresses weird, but that doesn't have anything to do with any of no. that. I mean, like, like, yeah, he's just, I love just the way accepted. they dealt with his sexuality on the show. I absolutely love it. I have, I could talk a whole lot about that, but I just really liked how they did it. It was very just sort of, nonchalant but it was i don't know like you said they never they never made it a thing did y'all watch happy endings no but no. i heard with that show's really good with alicia cuthbert uh anyway they have a a it's another show where they deal with diversity in a very different way yeah i i recommend that show too but for different reasons so do they ever say where in the south this is set state like a state that it's in I'm just curious i don't think they do I don't think they Did do. I don't remember anyway. This gotcha. So tonight we are covering the one Christmas episode of the show ever did, season four, episode 13, Merry Christmas, Johnny Rose, which first aired December 18th, 2018. Quick plot synopsis from IMDb. Now that the family is in a better place and used to Shit's Creek, Johnny is hoping to ring in the holidays at the traditional Rose Christmas party like they used to. However, getting everyone to participate will be easier said than done. We've got a better plot synopsis off the top of my head. As the Rose family settles in to their new lot in life as bona fide members of Schitt's Creek, the holidays bring a nostalgic feeling for an era that never existed and offer a second chance for Johnny Rose to make the holidays right. Oh, I like that. I like the era like that, that never existed. That was a good touch. Because it is like, like I, what I like about the show at the beginning, Johnny is, is remembering these, these, these lavish, or I guess I would say garish um, Christmas parties that they have that are just ridiculously over the top. And in them, he's remembering these 
like the, the way it's filmed, everything it's rosy. It's like nostalgia. He loves it. But as the show goes on, mm-hmm. we're still seeing it filmed that way. We're still trying. He's still trying to create that vibe, but we're realizing just how isolated and alone Johnny was at the mm-hmm. holidays. Right. Like he had this family around, but family meant nothing because he was so invested in his business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the way they dealt with that because if there's one thing that we see time and time again, I think we all feel it. There is this nostalgia at Christmas, this, this, this longing for the way we wish something had been, or at least maybe yeah. that's just me. Um, yeah. And I like so, the way, I like the way Johnny takes this crappy opportunity they find themselves in to reinvent that and, and find what he was looking for. Right. And then, yeah. So he, like to your point, Tom, this episode opens up with him dreaming about one of their lavish Christmas parties they used to have. And Moira is singing her solo after shooing her son Dan away. <laughs> And uh, she said she dedicates this Christmas song to Johnny. And as the crowd starts chanting, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny wakes up in a cold sweat. And he asks Moira what day it is. And she's like, Christmas Eve, wake me when it's over. And (laughs) that's how it starts. And I love that. Like (laughs) that, that moment was supposed to be Moira's solo. And it was Catherine O'Hara who suggested that they bring in Dan Levy for that to make it more awkward so that was <laughs> improvised after the fact things where the actors had input and i think it nailed it like yeah that yeah, it was so funny because julia you who who aren't familiar with this you learn a lot about david's character and you learn a lot about Moira's character in that moment right yeah anyway. oh yeah you do yeah she's kind of a character i would, could argue that she never really grew as a human being, but maybe oh, I totally like she was always she really because she was still kind of she was still kind of selfish in the end, wasn't she? I don't think so. Maybe she was more self-centered than selfish, which I think could be two different things. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, maybe I need to watch it again and then we'll argue about it because I do feel like she. I I still love her. Like she's so she was more likable, but. I don't know if she was a better person. Mm-hmm. Right. That's fair. <laughs> so I, I like the next morning, Johnny wakes up, wakes his kids and Moira up. And first of all, Julia, having never seen the show, I love you get a view. They're living in the motel and the juice had rooms. And he just opens the door between the rooms and walks <laughs> in, wake everyone up. And I love that. I love that Moira just climbs right into her daughter's bed and gets under the yes. covers with her because she's exhausted. That seems like a very like mother daughter thing to do. And uh, I'm surprised John- they never. You remember the the first see the first the, one of the first episodes, the problem of not closing the door. They never resolve. Like yeah yeah. <laughs> um, I like it's not just that Johnny comes in; it's that he comes in with the typical Johnny fervor for life that. Yes. Out of bed, it's Christmas Eve, and this year we will be celebrating the holiday. And they're like, why? And he explains to them now that their lives are back on track. He wants to have one of their old-fashioned Rose Christmas parties, which means they have to plan and organize and arrange everything to make it happen in 12 hours. (laughs) So he delegates to everyone what they have to do. So Alexis is in charge of the guest list. Uh, David is in charge of the decorations mm-hmm. and what's Moira in charge of? What was she in charge of? I think both of them are in charge of getting the tree. They're going to get the tree together. Okay, yeah. So um, 
Alexis, first of all. She's not in charge of the guest list. What's the wording that Johnny uses? Because it was very important. Work you the guest handle, list? Handle, handle the, the guest, guest list. list. Handle, so that's important. That's an important yeah. distinction. So Alexis doesn't tell them she and Ted already have plans, right? Um, they're planning on spending Christmas with Ted's friends who she has yet to meet, but who supposedly don't like her. And um, I love that she goes to his house and he is making these beautifully delicious yeah. looking gingerbread cookies yeah. for his friends gathering. And she's like, oh, if you could just double what you've done already for my my parents' party, we could just call it a wrap. And he's like, he's just so sad. He's like, okay, 76 more cookies. Yeah. 72 more cookies. Yeah. So I I made my, well, I didn't make him, but my husband watched this with me and he and I were like trying to think like how many, obviously 72 cookies, that's a lot, but we're like, that's like how many, we had to do the math, how many dozen cookies that was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's just insane. It's a lot of the scene is so Christmassy. It him is. Doing that. It's like a Hallmark movie. It, it, it and did. he's so sweet too. I love that yeah. character. Did yeah, she Julia, end up with I him? got the Hallmark vibes too, by the way. Like they looked like yeah. it was just too perfect. And yeah. by the way, I'm not a fan. I don't like ginger. So I don't like gingerbread cookies. Like I don't like yeah. the taste of gingerbread cookies, but they looked, I could have eaten one of those. They yeah. looked delicious. Do they end up together? Is that who she ends up with? I think you're going to have to watch it to find out, aren't you? All right. Yeah, you will have to watch it. So I love that David's shop, Rose Apothecary, which this shop also looked like right out of a Hallmark movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, staged and decorated. They're selling all the Christmas decorations. And uh, what's his name? Um, Patrick is like, Mm -hmm. why don't we just use the decorations here to decorate your family's motel? (laughs) And he's like, not their inventory like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just that their inventory it's it's he's got to sell them because they're saving up right they're saving up for a, a cappuccino maker for the yes cappuccino. espresso, espresso machine. machine uh i'm sorry whatever please no, that was corrected at one point i think by more she goes it's not a cappuccino machine it's an espresso machine <laughs> espresso machine or he called it a co- johnny said you, you're not gonna bring the decorations because you're you're trying to buy a coffee machine she's yeah. like oh, it's not a coffee machine it's an espresso machine <laughs> but, uh, um, and it's not so, a espresso machine for the shop it's one that he no, it's for Patrick him. one in the break room mm-hmm. <laughs> and i want to just say anybody who sees this as a problem has obviously never gone from having a coffee machine to an espresso machine i side with David I knew. this one i, I side with you. david yeah. Uh, no, I thought about I, it I when he was talking about the it. Espresso machines are yeah. life changing, y'all. Everybody should get one. I want one really bad. We don't have the room for one. I have one that's not big. <laughs> that's, what she said. Is, that's what she said. <laughs> that's what Anthony said. Nope, that's oh. not what Anthony said. Anthony puts pervy things on his Facebook. Anyway, I'm just bring it up again. Anthony had a thing where he was trying to publish, pu- putting out there that he wanted a book about living as a well-endowed man and asking uh, that book, book was a gag gift and it uh-huh. looked hilarious uh-huh 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 i'm so glad you paid such attention now you know what to get me for christmas i don't i'm not getting you a book about your about your genitals <laughs> see if you were genitals. if you were better at the trolling game and went to that website they had one for the opposite too I'm so, <laughs> so, oh <my> <laughs> um so, so while the kids are very um neglectful of you know they're they're just brushing aside what their father wanted them to do mm-hmm. johnny and moira go christmas tree shopping 
And Moira is just not into it at all. And I loved the conversation Johnny and her had. And Johnny's like, have I asked you for a lot this year? And she's like, depends. Are we talking emotionally? emotionally? (laughs) (laughs) And I love this quote. I'm just going to read this quote now. Johnny's like, you know, in the old days, I stood by your side no matter how you wanted to spend the holidays, whether it was heading to Miami for Puff Daddy's poolside white party <laughs> or, or that uncomfortable tree trimming at Arnold and Maria's, or how about that night you wore your fur coat to the Peter Christmas fundraiser? And Moira's like, I heard Peter fundraiser. Bogdanovich loved a mink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so funny. But I love it. They get this total charlie brown ugly looking small christmas tree Mm -hmm. and johnny's trying to make the best of it he thinks that the proper decorations you know they can make it something special but what what happens david comes home (laughs) and gives him a really old tattered box with the christmas ornaments and the christmas lights half are missing (laughs) and then johnny pulls out a pumpkin and he's like what is this? And Moyer's like, Christmas it could be a Christmas gourd. Christmas gourd. <laughs> <laughs> and the Mardi Gras beads. And the Mardi Gras beads. Right. Well, the first Johnny's like, this is a bunch of garbage. And they're like, this is um, this is Stevie's grandmother's stuff. And yes. he's like, oh, it's very nice. <laughs> and he's like, what what are these? Mardi Gras beads. For the record, grandma worked really hard for them. I know. <laughs> At one point, Alexis calls them Jerry beads. And yeah, what is that? My husband and I looked at each other because he's he's from New Orleans. We've been to several Mardi Gras and we never heard that term. So I looked it up because I yeah. wanted to know what that meant. And apparently it's from Jerry Springer show. And people in the audience would... <laughs> uh flash or like moon i guess jerry and the people on stage and they would get beads for it and so oh that's where the term gosh. jerry beads came from i've seen jerry springer <laughs> seen the audience i don't think that's the kind of stuff we the world should be rewarding <laughs> I, I, I yeah i agree but we so, i was so confused at that but i looked it up i was like we have to so discuss funny. this interesting and i feel like that because makes... i wondered as well i'm like maybe i misheard her is that i don't yeah. and that makes sense right when you think of like yeah, the it does the tom's trope the backwoodsy type tropes that the show usually <laughs> shies away from that you know yeah. they some residents might have jerry beads but <laughs> <laughs> while the family's here arguing ted arrives with his gingerbread cookies and outs alexis accidentally that she's not spending christmas with the family Mm-hmm. So there's clearly a lot of tension. I love Steve, Stevie here just offers everyone red wine to break the tension. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh to Moira suggests, you know, why don't you cut open the Christmas tree, unveil the Christmas tree? Like yeah. Johnny does, and half of the branches fall, <laughs> fall off. And he this is a final straw for him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to the cafe because it's meat no, meatloaf night. This is a stupid idea. It's meat no, meatloaf night. <laughs> and you can count on the meatloaf. At least the meatloaf is good. And he walks out. And I love that Stevie is like, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> and make the situation worse. <laughs> but meatloaf night was yesterday. <laughs> and who is it that says, um, if anything is screaming Christmas, it's 
Right. If anything David. is screaming Christmas to me right now, it's meatloaf. I wrote it down, but I didn't write who said it. David. David, yeah. Anything is screaming Christmas right now, it's meatloaf. I just think that's hilarious. So while Johnny is at the cafe, he has another flashback to one of their old parties. And the party has dispersed. And he asks Moira, where are the kids? She's and already she's taken her Christmas pills, though, y'all. Yeah, so she, she's drugged out. She has, so like, she, six minutes. She knows from experience she has six minutes to make them upstairs safe. Oh, if I can find that quote, I want that one for later. So funny. You. She um, she tells them, oh, that kid, that boat has sailed, literally. Alexis, Alexis hopped on a boat with her friend. And uh, what, what did David do? He, he, he uh, one of the chefs, which famous chef did they mention? They named drop here. He had too few, too few salmons or the salmon wasn't good enough. So the two of them left together. The capers. To, the capers. That's right. Yeah, that's it. And uh, this is where I realized Christmases are never that great for the rose family to tom's point like the they had their big lavish parties but the family themselves never spent time together and this was i guess what johnny always wanted like so he was looking at this as a chance to make things right to use what tom said yeah he's he's acknowledging that at the at the end of the night it's him standing there looking at a tree by himself yeah mm-hmm. so i love this moira shows up at the di- at the cafe and she apologizes to him for earlier mm-hmm. and i love when they leave the cafe together and they're walking home in the snow it's such a pretty scene so cozy. Mm-hmm. So cozy. and they show up to the motel and what is normally a very crappy looking motel in the daylight <laughs> looks beautiful on the outside the way they decorate it with christmas lights as the snow is falling like once johnny stormed out the family came together with the rest of the town and decorated this motel and managed to put together this Christmas party that Johnny always dreamed of. So they go inside and everyone shouts Merry Christmas at Johnny while Jingle Bells is playing and they glued the tree together and the tree looks great now with all the, <laughs> the lights and the tinsel and, <laughs> and uh, Alexis and Ted are there. They didn't go to Ted's friend's place and Johnny and Stevie decorated the place with all of the ornaments from roses from the rose apothecary, and it looks so magical. And then um, the Jazzagals, as they're called, yes, <laughs> sing Jazzagals. Yeah, the Jazz singing group. They're, yep. they're okay. something. Sing Silent <laughs> Night, and uh, <laughs> as they're doing it, it's this beautiful scene. And David notices Stevie like <laughs> a tear from her eye and he smirks at her, like making fun of her. And she basically tells him to shut up. I'm crying because the red wine's run out. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get this um, very cute, I guess it would be kind of like a post-credit scene, like the, while the credits are playing on TV, like TV shows always do. And it's, uh, you know, everyone has left. It's like nearing bedtime. And Johnny's like, who wants to open their a Christmas gift now? Yeah. And everyone's really excited because he said no Christmas gifts earlier. And he said the church was having like basically a, uh, a rummage sale. Rummage sale. Rummage, rummage sale. sale. Yeah. So he takes out a bag and he tells Moira to close her eyes. And Moira holds out her hands like really wide. And he's like, smaller, smaller, <laughs> smaller. <laughs> And what does he take out? A, a, like a pewter? An, it's an antique. It's an antique tin for her hairpins. Mm, yeah. Look at urn. Yeah. She's like, 
Oh, yeah. I thought it was an urn. <laughs> it's a bomb. It's a bomb. <laughs> and she's like, oh, thank you. And then she immediately hands <laughs> it to David. <laughs> and then he takes out an envelope for Alexis, who opens it up. And she's like, oh, stickers of old men. <laughs> And he's like, no, those are antique stamps from around the world. <laughs> and then he's like, David, I know you love money. And he takes out this velvet bag that's jingling. And I love this because Alexis is like, looks offended. He's getting yeah. money. Yeah. So she's like leaning over him as he's opening it. And he's like, oh, it's like a thousand yen. <laughs> Just like the last time I went to Japan. And that's essentially it. They all go to bed at the end. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. And I loved it. It was so I sweet. I, yeah, I loved how they so all sweet. came together in the end for Johnny. And yeah. you could tell Johnny was really touched. He looked like near tears when he walked into the motel and realized they had yeah. all mm-hmm. done that for him. So sweet. Yeah. I'm not even going to bring up the text quote that we always bring up when we talk about touching. Touched by an angel. Where did the angel touch you? <laughs> I wasn't going to do it because this was so sweet. Um, I love the fact that at their Christmas party, they have Paul Schaefer. Like, that's a throwback to Godspell, which we've talked about. But Eugene Levy and Moira were in Godspell with him. Yep. And they were young and Canadian and on the stage. So does anyone have quotes? I, I sure do. I have one. Oh, Kendall, so guess first. first. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what point it was. I believe it was the first scene. But Moira says, I've had enough waking hours for one day. And I felt that in my soul. That is me every day. I've had enough waking hours for one day. She'd been up for like 10 minutes at that point. I loved it. Uh, is that where is that where she tells Johnny to turn off the lights? And he says, we're not turning the lights off on this holiday or this Christmas. Yes. Yeah, I think so. No, that's when I think it's when they're buying the tree. And she's like done, and that's oh, what she is, says. oh okay. I've had See, enough waking hours for today. that was like two whole days ago, and I don't remember. I have a terrible memory. <laughs> Um, I like when when David is with Patrick at the, and Stevie at the store and they're talking about the decorations and Patrick's like, well, we have all these decorations and he's being really grunt, grinchy and Stevie tells him, what time is the ghost of Christmas past coming to visit with you? But that's after he's like, I don't have, like, like Patrick's like, we can just take some decorations and he's like, I don't have any time to mood board a color scheme. <laughs> and Patrick turns to Stevie and says, do you have time to mood board a color scheme? And she's like, does anybody? <laughs> <laughs> i like i like what stevie and patrick like they're, they're that little trio with with david is so it's so fun the way that they they're continually picking on david for being so extra yeah mm-hmm. i love it i'm gonna go for a sweet quote like a more sentimental quote i guess and it's when moira joins johnny at the cafe and she's like, well, this isn't right. You sitting here alone. And Johnny's like, oh, I don't know. It sounds pretty familiar. And Moira's mm-hmm. like, yes, I guess we've established a pretty grim tradition these past few years. And Johnny's like, well, I'm not talking about these past few years. I was talking about the old days. Do you even remember how those big lavish Christmas parties used to end? And Moira's like, I think that's a sign of a successful soiree if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Johnny's like, I'd find myself standing alone, staring at the tree, and all I'd want, I just thought in spite of all the hardship that we found ourselves coming together, the kids, you and me as a family, and it just seemed like the perfect day to celebrate that, the perfect day for a Rose family Christmas party. And she says, John, I'm sorry. 
on behalf of the children for myself i'm sorry john we didn't fully understand why this party was so important to you i thought that was sweet i love their little moments sweet. of the show there was a little bit of growth from moira there yep yeah okay I yeah like, you're right i like when they get back and she's like it appears there's been a christmas miracle john <laughs> And he sees the tree and he says, and he asks David, essentially, is this, is, is that even the same tree? And David's like, theoretically, we said it's been a lot of time gluing it back together. <laughs> uh, I like that. They I like the it when she drinks that eggnog at the end of that touching scene. Oh, she has a drink of it. Oh. She goes, oh, yeah. there's no alcohol in that at all. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, that's horrible. <laughs> I just hear her when she's walking out. I like how they have the random menorah at the, at yes. the, at the Christmas uh, party too. They're well, half Jewish, I know. He yeah. made a comment about needing to find a menorah earlier on in the episode. Oh. Yep, mm-hmm. but uh, they came there on But it, it would not it, have been Hanukkah at that time. <laughs> and, it goes back to that thing that that, that that April said where non-Jewish people just associate Hanukkah as Christmas for Jewish people, right? <laughs> and... And it's right by the garland. And Johnny says, oh, you know, reminds me. I was worried about this menorah being so close to the garland. Last thing we want is to have the motel burned down. And Moira's like, or is it? And Johnny's like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, I love the way he says it. He's like, what? Like, it's just so sad. <laughs> All right. So it's in the flashback. So uh, it's Moira, right? Yeah. Moira, yep. Okay. She's said where the kids are. Um, and so he's like, well, why don't you come and stand with me, you know, in the Christmas tree? And she goes, John, you know, I would, but I've already taken my Christmas pills and bitter experience has taught me. I have just eight minutes to make it safely up the stairs. <laughs> and that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> I love um <laughs> but right before they start caroling Silent Night at the party, uh, Jocelyn says, Moira, it's so wonderful that you made this happen for Johnny. And Moira's like, yeah. And Jocelyn's like, but we were supposed to be caroling at the senior center 30 minutes ago. <laughs> and Moira says, oh, Jocelyn, surely the dentures have been dropped into glass by now. <laughs> Can we spare one carol here before we go? <laughs> and of course, Jocelyn agrees. Yeah, <laughs> I like the exchange between Johnny and Alexis. Like, this is right where Johnny's having his breakdown when he realized no one is taking this seriously. And Alexis is like, what is everybody yelling about? And Johnny's like, well, we have a Christmas tree with no decorations because your brother's a cheap ass. And right now we have the most unchristmassy looking room that'll soon be filled with party guests. Speaking of which, how's the guest list coming, Alexis? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> why would I tell you? You were in charge of the guest list. And Alexis is like, well, it's hard to be in charge of the guest list if no one's given it to me yet. And Johnny says, why would anybody give it to you? You were in charge of making it. And Alexis is like, making it? I thought you wanted me to handle it. Like, work the door. Make sure nobody gets in that isn't on the list. And Johnny's like, it's Christmas Eve, Alexis. Who's going out crashing other people's Christmas party? <laughs> oh, and, and then like a minute later, Ted comes in, knock, knock. Any room left in the, <laughs> the inn? Yes. That was cute. He's so sweet and Christmassy in this. <laughs> I do like I do like the juxtaposition, the 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 like I said, they have the garish party. That is just all really about isolation and loneliness. And then you have this very gauche party that they put together and it's all warm yeah. and family together. I like the juxtaposition they do. Mm-hmm. I like this episode and it's rated really well everywhere. I think yeah. 
Most fans I'm of the so- show seem to like it. When Alexis goes to Ted's place and he's making gingerbread cookies and she's like, knock, knock. And Ted's like, hey, come in. And she's like, smells so good in here. Look at you in that flouncy apron, you little Christmas elf. And Ted's like, I'm going to take that as a compliment, even though everything inside me is telling me that it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I like how when he explains the party, he's like, uh, it's a bit of a Christmas party uh, a tradition at christmas parties that i have with my friends see we do a cookie competition and the winner gets to take home all the leftovers to their families on christmas days and alexis oh so cute i basically did the same thing with, with my friends once but instead of cookies it was whatever we could find in our parents medicine cabinets and instead of a christmas party it was old boot factory and crap cow <laughs> <laughs> In the flashback, Johnny says, ah, I thought we could open presents tonight. And Moyer's like, oh, don't worry, John. Don't worry, Johnny. I already already gave the kids their checks. Like, that's just a a rich person thing to do. I like when Johnny and Moyer are going to pick up the tree and Johnny's like, oh, this is so, this is like an old-fashioned Christmas. We're going to, you know, get a fresh cut tree. And Moira's like, no, all I can think about is the 22-foot Norwegian pine we once had and the protesters shouting at the flatbed truck and it's made its way through our front gates. Now that was festive. <laughs> I know I said I hate Chris Elliott, but I love the exchange between Roland and Johnny. Just look this up. I'm glad you're doing it. Wait, you have it? Do you want to be Roland? <laughs> yeah, I'll be Roland. Hey, Johnny, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Roland. Little last minute, this party of yours, huh? Well, it seems last minute turned into last second. Well, all I'm saying is next time, um, I'd appreciate my invitation about a week in advance, okay? Well, if I have things my way, we'll be making this an annual tradition, so you can save the date now. No, that's too far in advance. I can't make that kind of commitment. Okay, (laughs) Roland. That was just enough of his character for this episode. That's what I mean, yeah. Perfect amount. Yep. Um, and when Johnny's pitching the idea for Christmas to the kids and Moira, he's like, I say we throw a party, just like the old days, invite some people over, sing some carols. And Alexis is like, okay, you know, today's Christmas Eve, right? And maybe people don't want to spend it like caroling in front of mom's wig wall. <laughs> and Johnny's like, I can't think of a more festive way to spend Christmas Eve than all of us pitching in. And David's like, okay, I just don't know how we're going to pull this off without the grand piano or the ice sculptures. And Alexis is like, or the reindeer room. And Moira's like, I'm afraid this whim of yours is going to obliterate our precious holiday memory. I want to see that reindeer room. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, I had to find the, the turn off the lights quote, the whole exchange. Johnny okay, comes in yeah. and says, out of bed, it's Christmas Eve, and this year we'll be celebrating the holiday. David's just like, mm, I'm good. Thanks, though. And Alexis says, okay, can you turn off the light, please? And Johnny says, no, I refuse to turn off the light on Christmas again this year. I understand not wanting to make a fuss or our first year. We were depressed and in shock. And last year, Moira says, less shock, more depression. And Johnny's like, well, I was going to say, we're finally making some headway. <laughs> Uh, I love when Stevie is per- asks for two cases of wine to purchase, and David's like, "How many people does he think are showing up to this thing?" And Stevie's like, "Oh, he only wanted one case. I have my own holiday tradition. It's like the twelve days of Christmas, but it's one day with twelve bottles of wine." <laughs> so when they're going through the decorations, and Johnny says, "What is this? A pumpkin? <laughs> Perhaps a Christmas gourd?" <laughs> <And> Johnny, <laughs> it, it's not a Christmas gourd, gourd more, Moira. Moira says. I know, John, but you requested I get on board. 
<laughs> this is her just, trying. Okay, sorry. Yeah, she's trying. I love this episode. It had a Linus moment. Yep. It was, it looked Christmassy. It felt Christmassy. They had just enough Christmas music. Yeah. And it's a good representation of the show as a whole, obviously, because it makes Julia want to watch it. It does. I love that. Sure. Very so, Solid 10. I'm also going a 10. I'm going to go an 8. Yeah, I think I'll go an 8 as well. So that gives us a 9.33, which was that number two on our miscellaneous Christmas episodes list under oh. Muppets and Christmas with the Addams Family. I Thanks. love this. Yeah. I love I loved it. That was so yeah. fun. You know it what else makes I love? me want to go back and watch the whole thing again. Me too. Like the whole I, seasons. I was thinking that today as well. Yeah. Well, that's the bright side of a whole new version of the pandemic. You're gonna have time. Oh uh, if, if we really are bleak. entering a new version of the pandemic, can it happen before September? So I don't want to go back to work. Uh, I don't know about no. you, you all, but oh, no. Missouri hospitals are back getting to capacity again. And I just read today that they are saying Oklahoma is two to three weeks behind Missouri. So we are entering into crisis pandemic mode again, right here in yeah. the good old state of Oklahoma, where we have one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country. Merry Christmas. Bye. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an epic place to end. Uh, you know, but, you, but you know what I do like? I love having friends like Kendall who join us for our show and talk Christmas movies and shows with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on. This is so fun. It is always fun talking to you, Kendall. Well, thanks. You know, when- I feel the same way. When, when Anthony or I get voted off the island, there are no shortage of amazing replacements waiting in the wings. <laughs> right. <laughs> Julia has is keeping a list. Of yeah. Julia, <laughs> Julia's got her. Got her got has a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Where can listeners talk to Kendall if they want to? Because I know they'd rather um, talk to cool people like her rather than the three of us. I'd rather talk so, to her cool people like if her than you, talk to two of the three of us. <laughs> if you would like to listen to my podcast for Fork's Sake, um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at For Fork's Sake Pod. And um, if you just want to follow my adventures as a nanny and dog mom, you can follow me on Instagram at Kindlefire10, I think is one of those. So yeah i like interacting with people and That's follow yeah oh yay <laughs> i just got the notification <laughs> you can also uh follow, talk to kendall on our facebook group which you can access by going to www.tisapodcast.com slash facebook group which is the most active of all our social media feeds but we have you can follow us on other social medias as well all you have to do is go to tispodcast.com slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, and you can chat with us at any of those. Uh, if they want to, they can find a lot more Kindle coming up on Patreon at tispodcast.com slash Patreon with Buku's Oh Halloween, a preview yes. of the inevitable podcast with Anthony and Kindle. <laughs> Buku's of Halloween, we should call the month of October. That should be our podcast name. Buku's O apostrophe Halloween. And if you want more to the podcast content on top of that, tune in every Thursday when we release a new chapter of another Christmas story, which yours truly wrote, and which our amazing listeners and other Christmas podcast hosts and 
Julia and Tom, my amazing co-hosts, have all been reading different chapters every week. And yeah, tune in. People seem to enjoy it, which makes me happy. So thank you all for the feedback. Am I supposed to do that again? Do I have another one of those today? You have one later this year. Yes. I do. There's a schedule. There's a schedule. There's also Speaking a of the schedule, there's also a schedule for this show, but nine times out of 10, I'm pinging somebody saying, hey, what are we doing this week? Speaking of the schedule, we talked off mic for various, since we're doing Halloween content in October, we decided to, to Tom's pleasure to get rid of the uh, movies that made us talk. <laughs> we're just be talking behind the scenes of movies that we already did. Um, so next week we are covering the animated cartoon Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Tom looks so pleased. <laughs> if that's if that animated show is one quarter as terrible as the song, I'm not going to. One of my happy. favorite Christmas songs. I, I love that Christmas song as well. Oh. oh, did you have a question? Didn't you have a question that you had to answer? Julie was hoping we forget that. I have an answer, so <gasps> I'm totally fine with this. I will pose that question in a second because okay, after sorry. That, I just want, no, no problem because I, I did forget about that. So I'm okay. kind of mind the week after that, we are covering, it's a very Muppet Christmas movie with Michael Christelman. Mm. Yay. Oh, okay with that. We did have a question of the week that we've been putting off for the past week and a half, ever since the Leon Day episode with Elf when we posed it. The question was, as Tim Babb has mentioned on his podcast, Can't Wait for Christmas, it's a tradition in his family to watch Superman, the movie, every Christmas day. Rest in peace, Richard Donner, who just passed away, by the way. Very sad. Yeah. We would not be living in the comic book renaissance we are now if he never made that movie initially. Plus, he did Scrooged and The Goonies and what other Christmas mm-hmm. movie I forget. But So our question was, do I, any of y'all have a movie that you have to watch every Christmas season that's not a Christmas movie or a movie set at Christmas, like, you know, Batman Returns, Die Hard, things Jerry would argue are not Christmas movies, even though a lot of people would argue they are. So basically movies with no Christmas in it at all. Is that one of those movies you have to watch every Christmas? Lord of the Rings. Ooh. Every year during Christmas time. Does that have anything to do with when the new movies dropped, they dropped around Christmas time? For sure. I was yeah. at every one of those at midnight and then watched them multiple times in the theaters. Yeah. Same thing with Harry Potter. That's why I watch Harry Potter at Christmas. They all came out at yep. Christmas too. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yep. Um, for me, it's either The Sound of Music or My Fair Lady always gets a watch at Christmas time. And that's because my mom. Mm-hmm. That's a, those are good ones. Those are both good, great movies. I'm with Tom. Harry Potter, I always watch around Christmas as well. I know yeah. they have the one Christmas scene in like most of the movies, but they're not Christmas movies, obviously. They're not even yeah. set Christmas 90% of the time. But besides that, um, we've mentioned before, Wizard of Oz plays like 24 hours around Thanksgiving. So I always catch yeah. that. That's kind of like the lead up to Christmas. So I'll mention name drop the Wizard of Oz. And mm-hmm. I'll also name drop Toy Story, the first one. Because AB, Freeform always has that in their lineup for some reason during the Christmas season. It has that one scene set at the yeah. very end. The which, very, by the way, how, how have we not gotten a Toy Story Christmas movie yet? <gasps> yeah, like yeah. a special, because they have the Halloween one. Well, they have yeah. a Christmas special that wasn't very Christmassy. But no, like, I don't remember that. But I loved the movie at the end where the art oh, yeah. the tree with the, the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, it has a weird name. I remember, I know about that because of you guys, actually. 
the Toy land Story that time, that time forgot. forgot. Yeah. Oh, Story it's Toy that Story forgot. that time forgot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so confusing. It's hard <laughs> to say. But I, I always like thought they should do it. A, I always thought they should do a Christmas movie. And by yeah. the way, Hallmark is releasing that ornament this year, the little green men with walkie-talkie. So I'm totally that, putting that like in my tree. So it looks like they're spying them. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I have bad idea. news, Anthony. What's the bad news? We went to the theater and we saw the new oh, this. Boss yeah, Baby. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, it is all, has, it's, it's Christmas. It's awful. It's, it's Christmas? Christmas? Yeah, it's going to have to go on the list. We're going to see that tomorrow, me and my nanny kids. I'm so sorry. Okay, I was going to say why, and then you said kids, and I thought, okay. Yeah. Spirit I liked is- the first one. It made me laugh. I didn't Spirit- actually. I like animation mostly, but I didn't like that one. Spirit is much better if they have Spirit playing. But we only have 4,008 hours until Christmas. That's 167 days. 23 weeks. That's only five months. <gasps> How exciting is that, y'all? How that is exciting. Months, Lord. Is that right? Get your Christmas shopping done, y'all. I never shop early. I'm really proud that I've already, I've bought for my nieces and nephew already. Well done. Hopefully I don't forget where the gifts are, forget that I bought them. Because I would totally do that. I've done that. Yeah, I do that too. Like Christmas vacation, I love when he goes up to the attic and finds old Mother's Day (laughs) gifts and stuff that he put up there. (laughs) I have started writing Christmas content to publish. Oh, where can we see this content when it's published? Uh, we'll see. I've got a couple of uh, options out there, but they're, uh, uh, I would like to see it published uh, in a book for next year, but we'll see if it gets picked up. Oh, Ad- exciting. Advent Reflections. Ooh. Expanding on lines from Christmas hymns. Hi. I'll, share, I'll share early with y'all. <laughs> Do your homework, y'all. We'll speak to you next week. Thanks again, Kendall. Thanks, Kendall. Bye, guys. Thank you. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright,
Jesus, Lord, at thy birth.